What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. podcast today is episode 256 of the show it is still quite early here in new york and i have had a very busy week so i'm a little bit sluggish this a.m but i've already walked outside and got some sun on my skin when i walked my baby ollie and I've had some CBD, I've had some coffee, I've had some avocado toast with beans on top, which is like a unique combination that I absolutely love and I'm obsessed with. So I'm ready to record this, and today I'm going to be talking about a couple different things. It's one of those episodes that's going to be a little bit of here, a little bit of there, a little bit of everywhere. And... Um, I'm going to start out with a My Musing. So I told you about this a while ago. My Musing is a series. Anytime you have a question, you want to send it to me, just email me something with the subject line that says My Musing. So this is the Mind Body Musings podcast, right? So we should start our talks off with a little bit of a musing from someone. Today's musing is a little bit more business focused. So I thought this would be a nice little pivot from what we've been diving deeper into recently. And by the way, did y'all enjoy last week's episode with Stacia about changing your style and changing your life? And the week before with Jamie about changing your voice and changing your life? I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Did you send it to a friend? Has it served people? Let me know. Go over to my website and comment on the show notes or you could come over on Instagram where I'm at every single day and let me know your thoughts because I'd be delighted to hear them. So today's musing. Here is the, the collection of questions. I am a blogger looking to grow as an influencer, healer, and life coach. I have a few questions I'd like to shoot your way and get some input on. Let's see if we can organize this in a nice and tidy way. Uh, when you first started blogging and podcasting, did you foresee it as being lucrative or was it just a creative outlet for you? This is a great question and I don't revisit it very often, so I jumped at the chance to um, revisit this and share with you guys where I started. When I started blogging and podcasting, I was a f- when I, my very first two blogs were poetry blogs. I started them as a freshman in college, one night late with my roommate. We were both like, hey, I like poetry. You like photography. Let's create some blog spots. Uh, I think that's what it was called. Blog spot? spot? I think that was the name of like the one of the more original blog websites where you really just created a page and then added things to it, kind of like a Tumblr, but less photo driven. And we both created one. And then I created another one about a year later. And then after that, I created um, my first site. For those of you who don't know this, my very first, I would say, business 
blog besides the poetry blog was titled Moon Fitness and it was all about fitness, diet, food, paleo. I used to be a writer for Paleo Magazine. I used to have Moon Fitness was like a food blog. So I was into food photography. I took food photos like I was really really into it went to classes and courses and my blogs were a lot about products like really cool paleo products coming out or whenever I was going vegetarian vegetarian products and moon fitness was like the ugliest website to begin with it was so ugly it was brown and pink and that's it like brown backward uh, a brown background and like pink writing it was not very pretty, y'all. And this is why I am so passionate about people just getting started because it doesn't so much matter where you start. You do not need to come out of the floodgates with a perfect brand and already have 10,000 listeners on your podcast ready to go waiting that you've marketed to beforehand and a big email list. No, I attribute a lot of my success today having a six-figure business to just doing the thing. And not putting too much time and effort and perfectionism into it, just creating it. And then like the next day, changing a little something. And the next day, changing a little something. And letting it continuously evolve. I'm doing this every day where I'm tweaking things. um, And it's not a big deal. It's a very small deal, actually. I just might see something on my website and be like, oh, that, that photo might look better being higher or different or... When I do feel like it's time for a rebrand, it's na- it's a natural occurrence. I don't plan those out. If I look at my website and it feels really stale and old, like it doesn't feel like the current version of me, I'll say, okay, it's time for a rebrand. And then I'll go down emailing my photographer, setting a date, telling my graphic designer photos need to change, colors need to change, and then I will do that. But I don't obsess over it. I take it a day at a time, and I do just start whenever I have an idea. The Feminine Spirit School, this course that I just created, I had the idea and by the evening I had already recorded, I think, module one, two, at least two audios in module one. I was just like, let's do this thing. Like, let's get started. And um, this morning I barely have any notes for today's podcast. I'm just like, let's get started. Let's see what happens. So I, (laughs) to answer your question, um, when I first started, I did not even think about money. I just knew that I had a voice. I wanted to share it. And I also have always known I am a, uh, I'm definitely a tried and true Leo. So I am, I am like a boss, but a boss of me, not a boss of other people. I don't really know how to do that, but I am the king of my own personal space and my own personal life. I don't know how to manage others, but for me, Yes. And so that equals a great entrepreneur, like knowing that you want to guide your own path. You're not really concerned about guiding other people's paths. And that's how it was it was described to me, the difference between Leo and Aquarius or Aquarius is more like the cool Google boss where it's like all about humanity and being a boss for others and leading a new way, a new path for humanity. Whereas I'm like, I just want to sit in my living room and like work for myself and do my own thing. So I knew that there was a lot of potential for me doing my own thing and being my own boss. I didn't know what it would look like and I didn't know it would be from the blog because the blog at the time was a blog and it was fun and it was creative and that's where I wanted it to stay. Now I don't call my site a blog anymore. It is a website with articles. 
it's not bloggy at all, but I didn't know it was going to turn into that. And even that was a natural evolution. One day I woke up and I was like, okay, I don't want to be blogging anymore, writing about my life and things I like and products and states of mind. Instead, I want to write clear, concise articles like Mark Manson. And so then I went down that path and that's where I've been ever since. Okay. Um, there was a second part to this question, actually, I didn't realize. When you first started blogging podcasting, did you foresee it being lucrative or was it just a creative outlet for you or a way to get your name out into the world? That too. Yeah, I definitely wanted to be seen. Maddie Moon, Moon Fitness, right? I wanted to be seen. I knew that I could serve people and help people. And it, I'm a, I've been a writer since birth. Um, I had my mom writing stories before I knew how to write. And then I would create little booklets. I've, I was an English major. I was into creative writing, poetry, obviously. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love writing today. So I did want it to be read. How do you consistently find topics to blog podcast about on a weekly basis? Um, that is a great question. And the best answer is that whatever I'm talking about on the podcast, if I'm really in alignment with my business, it's a reflection of wherever I'm at, what I'm going through. Today, I, I want to talk about devotion. And devotion is a very big theme in my, li my life. Last week, we talked about style with Stacia and... Ever since I was introduced to her work, I've been really fascinated with style and the way that she talks about style. And the week before with Jamie talking about voice and vo vocal cords and speaking. Right now I'm really interested in doing some acting classes and acting goes hand in hand with embodiment work, the kind of work I do in the feminine and masculine world. So it's always a reflection of whatever I am excited about. When my podcast starts to go a little bit sideways. It's when I'm interviewing people I'm actually not interested in, or I am doing topics or shows or writing about things that maybe were on a list that I wrote at one point. Talk about this at some time. And maybe then it was relevant to me, but it's not relevant anymore. But if I just still stick with that list and do the thing because I one time wanted to do the thing, it doesn't come out quite as aligned and fresh and excited Whereas it would if I only stuck to writing what is present for me in the moment. And that's one of the reasons why I've started to back away from writing lists of topics of content I could talk about. Because the best writing for me is the one that comes up in that moment. So today, if I have an idea, I try to write about it right then and there. I get out my notes folder in my phone, I write or I even do talk to text and I'll revise it later to clean it up. But when inspiration hits, that is when it's at its juiciest, most vulnerable, fresh and deep. If I simply write down on a list, talk about toxic relationships and the gifts within them, like later on, I might read that a month later and be like, what was I talking about? And I might try to create something out of it, but Typically, it won't be as as heartfelt as it would have been if I just then and there wrote whatever was on my mind. So topics to, to podcast and write about wherever I'm at, and I'm constantly evolving and living and being, as long as you are with human beings, as long as you have community of some sort, like you go to the grocery store and you pay your taxes and you answer the phone, people call you and you have a friend or two, maybe a husband or a wife. If you have any of those things, if you leave your house, you are going to have topics 
to write about, to speak about, because that is where the deepest work happens, is in relation to other humans. Because, I mean, if, if anyone has friends, like really close friends, you know that even that you have to unpack things and deal with hard conversations and you're being faced with projections and learning how to hold your own space to yourself and your, heal your own wounds and your triggers. So if you are a human being, most likely you will consistently have topics to podcast and blog about. Um, I will say that it does take a level of self-awareness. Like I am highly self-aware. Yesterday I could have tell, told you all the different moments where I felt a wound pop up or a memory pop up or I felt um, disembodied or very embodied or aware of the person on the subway, five people down from me whenever they shifted their energy. Like I can feel these things take some time, but I will say that podcasting and writing help you to access that part of you. It really does. It's like a training tool. If I didn't have the show for the past five and a half years, I don't know if my awareness would be quite as strong as it is now. So sometimes we get the awareness by doing the thing. And, okay, last thing on this, there are times when I do run out of ideas. Recently, I haven't been wanting to do many solo shows because when I recorded the Feminine Spirit School, I did nothing but go into a recording hole for about a month of recording, recording, recording. It's hours of content, that course is. So recently, I haven't been wanting to hop on here and do a solo recording again and talk by myself because I've been a little bit tired. And that happens also in the winter at times. In the winter, I get a lot more um, tired, one could say, and, and lacking inspiration on what to talk about. And that's okay. That's normal. It's like all of life, which is a roller coaster. We have ups, and then we naturally must have downs, and then we have ups again. Were you ever worried that the field of work you are in is oversaturated and you would not have anything new to say? And how did you get over this fear? Um, no, I actually have not had that fear. So I never had to get over it. That said, I have clients with this fear and I've had to coach about this fear. And my best piece of advice is that is why it is not the most important thing. The, the most important thing is not what you say. Okay, so I might be talking about the divine feminine and masculine, um, another person might be talking about the divine feminine and masculine, and another person, and another person, and we're all talking about the importance of it, we're all talking about what the feminine is, what the masculine is, but the way we do it is all very different, and how do we do it in our own particular way? I'm trying to not make this uber duper cheesy so I don't lose you, but it's going to sound that way. You be yourself. You be your abso-fucking-lutely self. That is the absolute fucking lovely key. You must be yourself. I would say in the past two and a half years, I've really started to incorporate more of who I am. Sometimes I sing when I come on this podcast. I might have done that when I, we first hopped on. I said, hello, welcome to my mind music podcast. I, that's me. That's my personality. When I hop on Instagram, I add a little bit of my quirks and my weirdness. And if I accidentally mess up talking on the podcast or on Instagram, a lot of times I leave it. Because that's part, again, of what makes me me. If I go off on tangents in a podcast, I leave it because that makes me me. Instead of editing and chopping things up and recording again, recording again to get it perfectly, that serves some people. But I know I would create resentment over time if I had to do all of that when I didn't want to 
just to get to the creative outlet. Like, I don't want to have to do all of that. I would rather just be creative and share my truth than whoever enjoys hearing those different weird quirks in me. They'll stay. And that's how I want it. I would rather have the people who enjoy the way I am stay and the people who don't feel served by the way I do things not stay so that I'm not in some way kind of um, chained to what others expect. I don't want to do that with my own business. That's the whole point of having your own business. So bringing in as much you as possible, your uh, goofiness or your seriousness or your um, light energy or your deep energy, anywhere that you've been told you are too much, use your business as a way to test that. Bring it out because too much will find too much and they will love it. If I am too much in some ways for some people, which I know that I am, the tribe out there that is all about that too muchness, it's not even enough for them. They want more. They want more. And that makes it that makes me feel really good, to be honest. And that makes them feel really good as well because they are feeling met with my energy. It feels similar to theirs. And that's one of the main compliments I receive is, like, you get me. Like, I feel that you get me or I feel we would be best friends. I feel like I already know you. That's because they're feeling me. They're really feeling me. If someone is listening to someone's show and they don't stick around, it's mostly because they don't feel you. Either it's too perfect, it's too edited. I have people like that too that has a, they have amazing content. It's nearly perfect. But because it's so perfect, I don't feel them. I can't feel their energy. And I want to feel the people that I am connecting with, even if I'm just listening to them on a podcast. I have fallen in love with the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. Fallen in love. It's like my favorite podcast right now. It's hilarious. Um, and they do not hold back at all. They are themselves. It's two women. They are absolutely themselves. They're hilarious. They say things that um, are pretty bold. And I feel them. I really feel them. And so I keep coming back for more because feeling them makes me feel good. So I would say don't worry about saying the same stuff. Concentrate more on speaking about what lights your heart up or what doesn't light your heart up that is really on your mind, whatever feels true to you, and then do it in a way that is you. Make it feel good to you. Don't be afraid to show all the pieces and parts of you that you don't feel um, are, uh, I mean, are perfect, right? This, again, sounds quite cheesy, but there's really no other way to put it. The parts of you that you don't feel are perfect, those are the parts, those are the exact parts that are going to bring people closer to you. I kid you not. So that was a great My Musing question. Thank you for asking it. And the review of the week, because I haven't done this in a long time, comes from Lucia26. She left a review on the Mind Body Musings podcast on iTunes. And her subject line says, inspiring, funny, and most importantly, relatable. I didn't. I did not read this beforehand. I never actually read them beforehand. Um, so it's always kind of fun. And most importantly, relatable. Ah, five stars. I am so thankful to have found Maddie when I did. I listened to a podcast a day. Wow, amazing. Thank you. And have learned so much about myself, my relationship, and emotions. It's been an amazingly educational journey thus far. 
Thank you, Lucia, so much for listening to the podcast and leaving this beautiful review. If you have been a fan of the show for a while now, I would adore a review from you on the iTunes show. And you know who else would adore it? iTunes. Because reviews, that is the currency of iTunes. The more reviews you have, the more people who see your podcast. Because there are now, I mean, when I started this podcast, I was actually um, very closely one of the only solo female podcast hosts in the health in the health category everyone else there was a couple other podcast hosts that were women uh women solo women hosts mostly though they were in pairs of twos or it was a male dominated industry and i really wanted to create a health-ish podcast and i came out with this and it was very easy to be in the top 100 to 200 sections and so more people found it but now there's so many podcasts there's thousands of podcasts and i want to make sure that my podcast is still seen it is not for vanity reasons it's for visibility reasons so if you find that this show serves you and helps you and you want me to keep coming back week after week after week after week for five more years which i want to do i will do it anyways um, it would be so wonderful if you did also leave a review if you haven't yet. All right now, we just got into business and to podcasting and blogging. What more could we talk about? Devotion. How about devotion? Devotion, devotion, devotion is, I would say, my word of the year. And... I'm curious, before we even get into this, I would like for you to take note of what comes up for you when you hear the word devotion. Just kind of touch base with the thoughts that are arising or the feelings that are arising, maybe the closure that is coming forward or maybe the openness that is coming forward. And what I particularly wanted to bring attention to today is how there is actually a very high level of devotion within quitting. And I don't believe that is normally our first instinct, and here's why. Our culture, the generations that have come before me, I don't know who all is listening to this particular episode, but I think that my grandparents' generation and the generations before that, and some of my parents, of course, actually, there is so much emphasis on commitment and time devoted to something, committed to something, um, the sacredness of commitments, and doing something forever, like a job forever. My grandpa has had the same job forever, working at Black & Decker, and my dad has had the same job since I was born. He's been incredibly devoted to it. He likes to eat at the same Mexican restaurant every single week. He is in love with tradition. So growing up, we would go to the same exact place every single Sunday after church. We would eat the same meal. We would do everything the same. And whenever that got boring after maybe a year, a year of the same thing, we would find a new tradition. And that would be every single Sunday. And even to this day, whenever I... I suppose not anymore because I just left Colorado. But when I lived in Colorado, there was this desire always when I would go over to eat with my family. They'd say, let's pick a night where we do this every single week. And then I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. We're not doing that. I am an adult now. I cannot do that again. But that is in their bodies, this desire to have routine, consistency, ritual, 
um, a devotion to a particular practice. And I see that a lot within my parents' generation and the generation before, finding a career and sticking with it. I remember being raised from my father saying, you want to be in a career, I think he would say for seven years before you even consider going to another one for seven years. And lots of, of course, makes absolute sense, a lot of respect and um, values within sticking to marriage, sticking to a marriage and putting the work in. And I hope right now you're understanding that I'm not, I'm not sharing my thoughts yet on any of this. I'm just sharing what I see. Um, I think I could say that this is more factual, what I see as fact. Um, still a little bit of opinions. It is subjective that I think that generation is more committed to the length of time. But, you you know, add your own thoughts to this. This isn't law. I'm not saying that this is the only way that it is. But I do personally believe there is a lot of value and commitment in the terms of time, time spent doing it. How often can you do this thing? How many years can you com be committed to it? How can you show up? And there's a lot of devotion within that. And to be honest, here's where a little bit of my opinion comes in. I think... I do think that's one extreme, and I do think at times that our generation, my generation, has gone to the other side of the extreme to where being in one particular path isn't really what we want, myself included. And now we have digital nomads where you can be working from your computer anywhere in the world. People are living in vans. People are polyamorous, so they have multiple people they're in a relationship with, or they have an open relationship going from job to job to job to job, or an entrepreneur that will do one job and spend all this time building it and then quickly decide they want a different thing and they'll go do that thing and they'll do get involved into that. And that's all great too. It's all gravy, baby. We want to look at the light and the dark shadow of all of this because within every quality, there is a light and a dark. And I think we're looking first at the generations that have come before that are pretty obsessed with time as a commitment, the light is they go deep, y'all. They go deep into their marriage. They go deep into their relationships. They go deep into that one career, that one passion, that one craft. They are committed. When I look at my uncle who is in the Marines and he still lives by the Marines laws and perspectives and um, he respects his elders and he's so good to his wife so good my one of my uncles is my I mean all of my uncles on my mom's side are actually heroes of mine they're all just amazing amazing men um, trusted masculine figures they have proven themselves very trustable and I'm lucky very lucky to have been raised having them around at family reunions and having their presence in some way, even if we didn't live all close to each other, as well as my own father. Um, but the light is that they, they have really gone deep into their craft, their skill, their this one life and the consistency of it. 
And I have admiration for that. I have a lot of admiration for being able to stay in, let's call it a pose, stay in a pose for life, really go into a pose. Even if the pose is uncomfortable, they hold it, they stay with it. And that's something that my teachers say is hold the pose. Like, can you hold the pose whenever your heart feels like closing? Can you hold it open, 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 open? In order to stay in something for such a long period of time, you have to hold that pose. You have to stick with it, the job, the marriage, the raising of the children, the city that you live in, the interests, the beliefs, the religion. I, the generations I'm thinking of that have come before me, they are excellent at holding the pose. Now, the dark shadow, the dark side of this is that you do it even when you're not happy, even when it's not fulfilling your heart, even if it's against evolution. You stop the evolution, you stop the flow, you stop the growing. Um, I have seen this happen time and time again where it actually leads to more closed-mindedness because as the world evolves, they are not. The people who are more concerned with the devotion around time staying in something for lengths of time, if that trumps everything else, then time will trump quality. So in regards to relationships and marriage, you want to keep going. I've seen them want to keep going so that they can go from 20 years married to 21 to 22, even if the relationship is terrible. Because they don't want to deal with the consequences of a divorce, of the shame that comes with it, of the separation. And I have no judgments about that. I've never been married or divorced. And I have no idea what that must be like. But I can imagine it's hard, very hard, all of it. Hard to be in it and to be unhappy and hard to leave it and to part ways. So that is what I see as the dark shadow is a a stopping, a blocking of the flow, the natural evolution of life, and it actually can lead to a disconnect from other human beings, which makes sense because then again, you're going deep into the commitment you have and you're blocking out the rest. Um, so that's what I see as the dark side of that. And now when we look at my generation, our generation, the younger generation, let's just say the generation of go with the flow and evolve and have fewer attachments, the light side of this is that we're constantly allowing ourselves new opportunities and experiences. We're indulging in the buffet of life. We're here, there, everywhere, trying new things. We have so many opportunities, and we are taking advantage of them all. We are fortunate to be able to do that. We are fortunate, so fortunate, to be in a time where if a marriage is not working and we do the work, we can leave and we can pursue our happiness in other ways, in other places. And sure, there may be societal shame still because that's a wound that I imagine will take a few years to get through. But more and more people are understanding because more and more people have gone through divorces. So they know. They know that it's better to be out of the divorce, cut that bond, and then start your own life free and separate and get back on your own feet and... Um, not have that codependency or addiction or toxic behavior still in your life and not be a martyr, basically. This is a time of leading, leaving the mindset of martyrdom, that I must do this for the sake of doing this. No, we don't have to. We have so many options and choices. It is basically limitless. The dark side of that is we don't go as deep we don't go as deep into the career, into the passion, into the walk of life, into the religion or the spirituality or the relationship. We have so many options, so we don't go as deep. And we also have somewhat of um, an ADD behavior with our interests where we're here. No, we're here. No, we're here. We want to be everywhere. 
we want to have the marriage and kids, but we also want to be free and not have any restrictions or feel uh, locked down in any way. We want to live in the city, but we also want to be able to travel as often as frequently as we want and be very groundless. We like kundalini, but we also like using crystals and tarot cards, and we like going to um, embodiment practices and doing breath work and doing meditation and praying to Shiva and Shakti, but then also uh, opening our little box that holds the rosary and praying to Mother Mary, like all the different things. We have so many options, especially around spirituality, that we can indulge in, we can, I mean, I'm looking at my altar over here, and I've got my little Hindu deity, and I've got my um, my goddess guidance card out and all these different crystals and malas and it brings up for me a lot of different paths, all the different paths that, all these different tools that I can use to connect to the divine and I love having the diversity but the dark side is I don't go deep into one specific practice. If I'm so busy splitting up my time between all these different types of classes, a meditation, a breath work, or this, I'm getting the buffet of spirituality. But am I ever really, 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 really deep diving into one particular practice to reap the fruits of it? Probably not. I don't know. Probably not, though. But it's always up to what we want. This is very important. Do we want to go deep or do we rather feel that we receive deepness from the buffet of life? For some people, having a multitude of options and choices and avenues brings them the richness that they crave. Same when we look at polyamorous relationships, people who are in a committed relationship to multiple people maybe they receive that same level of deepness that I receive with one human being. So there's still a dark side to it. There's a dark side to everything, and there's a light side to everything. What I wanted to point out in this podcast in particular, though, where I originally felt called, even though I know we're getting so many different perspectives here, is that there is a form of devotion, I believe, within all of this, and it can shift. And it can shapeshift, basically. So I'm encouraging you to look at what are you, above all, devoted to. This devotion will stand true regardless of you are in a seven-year marriage or you are in a partnership with someone you met on Bumble and you've only been together for two months. There is a way you can consistently be devoted to one big thing above all. And you can be just as devoted to that thing, whether you are a digital nomad or you are rooted and grounded in the same city you were born and raised in. Here's what I mean by that. If someone is, let's, let's say, I'll use myself as an example. My devotion, the devotion that I have this year and for the rest of my life, I am incredibly, incredibly devoted to the highest path of love. You can interchange love with the divine. So God, the divine, love, that is my number one. At least I'm trying to constantly be devoted to that. I'm human, so that gets in the way sometimes of this state of perfection. But above all, I want to be devoted to love and to the divine. And this is one. This is why if we look at a relationship that's been around for seven years, I can have this number one commitment and devotion to love 
Meaning, if I'm in this relationship for seven years, when we fight, I'm devoted to love above all. Not, I am devoted to this person, right? I'm still like, yes, you are my person. I love you. I want to make sure you feel good. But even when we fight and I don't even want to look at them, I can still be utterly so devoted and committed to love. And that is the pathway to healing my relationship with them. So if I'm so devoted to love and we're fighting that I'm going to connect to my heart in the middle of our fight and remember to fight for love, with love, through love, because there is a way your partner, let's say your partner is distracted and living off in uh, woo-woo land and not being grounded and with you and holding space with you and they're watching so much TV and your heart is breaking because they're wasting their time because you see the brilliance in this masculine figure. Instead of fighting with them and saying, you never get off the couch, connect with your heart, connect with that, that love that is yearning to be felt and, f- and expressed. And y- because you see this person you love so much wasting their time, use that feeling to fight. If you fight with them, do it through that feeling. I love you so much. I don't want to see you waste your time in front of the news or watching these shows because you are a freaking incredible, amazing human being. And so when you are devoted to love above all, you can be in a fight with your partner. You can be mad at them, but you're still fighting for love and with love. And let's shift gears to single and dating around and the shame that may come up with dating around. If you are dating around and you're dating one person and then the next person, then the next person, and you're trying to find your person, right? You're trying to find your your soulmate or a soulmate, and you are dating person after person, you're not distracted. You're not lacking commitment. You too, in this scenario, can be incredibly so dedicated to love and to the divine and to God, even if you're jumping from thing to thing to thing. Because guess what? Your devotion is not living within that human being in front of you. Your devotion is to something much bigger that combines and bonds the two of you. God, the divine. And so if you are so committed to the divine and to the deepest expression of love, you're not going to settle, right? So you may date, 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 date from person to the next. And the outside world say, oh, she can't stick with a man. She doesn't know how to stick with a man. She doesn't have that quality someone needs to have this kind of seven-year marriage. She's just not holding it together, where in fact... You are so entirely committed to the deepest level of love that you possibly can receive. And you want to call in a man that is also deeply committed to that state of love. You're not going to be settling and you're not going to be getting married and you're going to take your time. You see, in both scenarios, it's the same devotion to something higher. They're just expressed in different ways. This is why quitting, quote, quote, okay, quote, quitting is a form of devotion, When you leave something that is no longer serving you, you are so, I hope, not always, some people, some people are just leaving things because they're in a bad mood and they quit a little bit prematurely and I'm not judging that either, but I'm talking about a specific kind of quitting, a very specific kind of quitting of putting in thought because I do think we all need to be responsible human beings. We need to follow through in our word. 
we need to make commitments that are truly aligned with our heart and our soul. But when you quit something, let's say a relationship, a partnership, a friendship, a job, a city, a belief, a way of life, my encouragement to you is to quit it as an offering of love, to leave that path as an offering of love. And if you're not sure, this is a wonderful thing to begin putting into your daily life as a practice of looking at quitting, leaving something as an act of love, as an act of devotion, and then ask yourself, is quitting still the highest form of devotion in this? Because sometimes when you think about that, like if I'm so entirely committed to love, what do I want to go do? Go deeper into this job and make it work for me and find ways to be more of myself in this job? What conversations do I need to have with my boss in order to make this feel fulfilling? Or maybe if you run this test through and you say, what is the highest act of devotion in this moment? And you realize there's no possible way this job or this partnership could ever, ever be in that commitment to devotion and love that you want it to be in, that's how you know maybe it is time to leave. But maybe it's not, right? There is something we can learn from the generations before us who really value going deep, 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 deep into one particular thing. And this is something I talk about in the Feminine Spirit School. We talk about this in module one, the value of devotion. And so there's this isn't this podcast isn't just highlighting how quitting can be a form of devotion because you're not settling and you're so devoted to love and to your highest path. It can also be not quitting. Sometimes not quitting is the strongest form of devotion and going incredibly deep. Because I don't want to continue to just feed this idea that we need to leave everything that doesn't serve us. Sometimes what we need is to go deep into a conversation that's really uncomfortable. Our generation, this generation, I should say, keep doing that. This generation, the one I am in, I think that there is a lot we can learn about this. And so where are places to start? Places to start is if you're unhappy with your job, look at where you may not be living in integrity with your truth. What conversations do you need to be having with your bosses that you're not having because you're afraid to speak up about it? Do you need less hours or at least to ask for less hours? Do you need to report to a different person because the person you report to is actually really toxic and harmful to you? Who can you talk to about these things to see if you can stick with this one path and make it work for you rather than leave it prematurely and have the same issues arrive in the next one? Because they will until you learn the lesson of how to speak up for what you need. And oftentimes I see this with my clients. They come to me and they say, I'm really having this problem where I can't talk to this human being or this my mother or my boss. And um, I feel really sad because of X, Y, and Z. And I just say, okay. Have you talked to them about X, Y, and Z? And the answer is no. So their first instinct is just to leave it and go to the next person, next job, the next relationship. But that same problem is going to follow you until you learn how to speak up about what it is that you need. It really is. So if you are thinking about quitting something as a high act of devotion to love, first ask yourself, is there something you can do in this particular scenario that will lead you to the highest expression of love, having that hard conversation, setting those boundaries. Because sometimes exactly what you need is already what you have. You just need to tweak it and do the work. 
do the work that the older generations have done, but we're finding a middle way. That's my whole goal with this is to find a middle way, not to be so entirely devoted to time that time trumps all and not to be so here, there and everywhere that we never get the, we never get to reap the fruits of going deep, but to find a middle way to find paths that feel really good and feel expansive in alignment with us. And then when hard things come up, triggers come up, questions about do I want to even be here anymore come up, we can make space for it and we can hold it. We can hold that experience. We can also ask ourselves, what is the highest expression of devotion in this? Is it to leave, to walk away from all of this, everything, to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Or is the highest expression to have the hard conversation, go even deeper into that trigger, and and then do all of this for love. And that's the example if we're looking at the the story I was giving between someone dating, 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 or being in a relationship. Going deeper, deeper, deeper into that one thing would be like the seven-year relationship that continuously offers you opportunities to be triggered and you still stay committed to doing the work because in this scenario, it's worth it to you. Whereas in another scenario where you might be single and you are not going deep into one single human being in purpose, it's because you're really trying to find that same level of devotion and love in, in, in the relationship that you're going to be in, which I love. And then it makes it worth it to go deep, deep, deep in those triggers because you don't want to go super deep into triggers with just anybody. You want to be very careful about who you go really deep into triggers with and who you heal wounds with because that ha- that's a very powerful thing and a very exhausting thing. So if you're going to be exhausted in that way, you want to do it with a person you don't want to lose, you want to be with, you want to do the work with. So at the end of the day, where this podcast episode started, my first intention was to help anyone who has any shame around, quote, quitting things to let that go because shame would not exist without society and society has told us to hold on to the length of time at whatever cost for a very long time. So if you leave something after three years, two years, two weeks, know that it's okay. It's okay. Let the shame be there. It's a, it, it's it's there for a reason. It's been implanted in your brain, in your body from previous generations, but also realize that that's BS and it's made by society. And sometimes quitting truly is the highest level of devotion, the highest expression of devotion. I remember one time I applied for a job working at an arcade and I quit on the very first day because my body said, uh-uh, no way. And there was no deep diving into that. There was no unpacking that. I knew and I honored that. And if I didn't honor that, I mean, even something as small as that could lead me to a different place, <laughs> different place that I'd be here today. And I'm so grateful for all the quits that I've had in my life because they've led me to be so devoted to what I do today. When I look at the evolution of my business, I've done all sorts of things. I've done multiple kinds of programs that I've created. And I've done multiple pivots in who I coach and how I coach and the podcast interviewees that I have on. But above all, I'm always devoted to the highest expression of love. What feels the most loving with my business? And maybe that looks like completely throwing out a part of my business. And it's not giving up. It's not quitting in the way that many of us think of quitting. It's actually evolving and growing and allowing, allowing the evolution and allowing myself to listen to my intuition, what so many of us are trying to learn how to do again.
Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Body Musings podcast. You are amazing. So appreciate you listening to this and checking it out. If you want to share your thoughts with me, I would be happy to listen and to hear them. You can leave a review on iTunes by going to ratings and reviews. And you can also head on over to Instagram where I am at every single day at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N. And let me know what did you love about this? What are you curious about? What are you going to implement into your life? Last but not least, if you do want to get a free audiobook, today's show sponsor is Audible, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings to get a book for free and 30 days free to check out and try Audible. See you guys next week for another amazing interview. Really, truly, it's going to be so good. I'll see you there. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.